you're listening to the gamer podcast i'm eric from the gamer.com editorial team and this week we've got a recap of last weekend's pax east 2022 convention in boston and we're ranking all of the kingdom hearts games let's go It's been weeks One and week weeks too long, Fault but we're back. Jake King's here. George Foster's here. Izzy Vanderveld. Hello. 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 The Dream Team. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you for coming back to the Gamer Podcast. We have the news uh, of the week. I think this is all stuff that happened this week, but I was gone. I was in parts so unknown. Right? <laughs> I know. Uh, my life changed. I uh, renounced gaming. <laughs> I, I don't play video games anymore. Oh, sweet freedom. Sorry. <laughs> the podcast is going to be a little bit different now. No, um, we're a crypto podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk politics. Uh, before we get to politics, I want to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. That is Ooh. politics. Yeah, Sweeping movement. the country. Sweeping the world. Maybe. Uh, it's already become the highest grossing domestic, that's how we, that's what we call, uh, America (laughs) domestic box office gross, uh, for a video game movie, uh, which is a, a definitely a thing to celebrate. However, that number is only 146 million. (laughs) So yeah, it's, I mean, it's good. It's no Marvel movie. You it's know? good relative to other video game movies. Like I think it is the uh, it, it is very Charles good game. relative to video game movies. Yeah, did everybody see it? Yeah, yes, yeah, I did. I, I, didn't I saw it ahead of release. Sonic, I was like in at the ground floor for Sonic the Hedgehog two. It is, uh, in my opinion, it's. I don't think it's necessarily better than the first one, but it is more enjoyable hmm. if you yeah. like Sonic shit because it is just absolutely packed with sonic video game bullshit i loved it mm. <laughs> even though like better than fast films as well like just as a general rule you say sequels are better than the no first no no one? sequels uh, always perform better like sequels always oh, perform make perform yes yeah, yeah. sequels always make you're almost enraged eric <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you talking about no, no. Uh, skywalker is the best one <laughs> There's like tons of fun references to the games and stuff. Like the coffee place is like the mean bean, you know? Oh, yeah, that was very clever. That kind of stuff is fun. Uh, but just like Tails and Knuckles, and they're doing all their combos, throwing spin dashes out and shit. Yeah, that was cool. It was great. Uh, Shadow is at the end. Spoilers. Ooh. Eric, Jesus Christ. The cinema I was in, it was full of journalists and children. And at the end, when Shadow popped up, about three middle-aged men just fucking popped off. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, come on! Just fucking (laughs) losing their shit. And I was just like, losers. But it was cool as hell. How did Uncharted do? Uncharted 2 didn't do... Uncharted didn't do too badly, I don't think. No, it it did over 100. Um, I think I enjoyed that as well. I think I read that there's like barely two million dollars in it between like the top five or something like that. All super close. 
I wonder what the upper top ones are. I'd be curious. Number one worldwide is is still Warcraft by a lot. Oh, that's oh. big in China. Though, it did it? like yeah. yeah, it didn't. I think it did close to half half a billion because what about Detective it was Pikachu? so popular. Detective <laughs> Pikachu's top five. Yeah, is that actually? Oh my god. Yeah, that surprises me that well, didn't do yeah. more. I'm it's because there's it's just not life. that many. Like I think um, the last Resident Evil, the Resident Evil Final Chapter is like top three. Good. <laughs> like there's just not a lot to go up from, but. This is the start of a, a an endless Sonic the Hedgehog movie franchise for the sure. Like, universe. yeah, we've got Knuckles show. We we're just gonna have endless spinoffs. They're gonna give Shadow a gun, probably. <laughs> like, just blast one of the Shiva characters to like kill one of them off, like permanently. Yeah. My donut lord. <laughs> the uh, the movie's already more successful than the games. Oh, not hard though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Just can't wait for Sonic Frontiers to ruin all this momentum. Just really shit so? Yeah, how can it not? Right? Like, why would why would they suddenly start making good Sonic games? <laughs> Did you know he's had a rough transition into three D platforming <laughs> for the past twenty fucking years? <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's not a transition. Yeah. That's a life. <laughs> I like. I like the movie a lot. I like that uh, Robotnik is the smartest guy in the world, and he gets uh, the unlimited power, of the Chaos Emerald, and then gets kicked in the penis by an echidna. He, flo- <laughs> he flosses. Like, <laughs> he does floss. He makes a Limp Biscuit joke at one point, which is pretty wonderful. That's fun. My favorite joke in the movie is uh, is Sonic has run away from home and he's left behind a uh, animatronic of sorts it's basically just like a oh, ro- yeah. a rotating fan on a cable with a <laughs> little recording of his voice and <laughs> when james marsden comes in the room the recording starts playing and it's like don't come in here i can't stop pooping but the <laughs> but then the recording is like running out of battery so it just keeps repeating it at lower and lower tone it's like don't come in here i can't stop pooping don't come in here i can't stop pooping don't come in it does it it keeps going it does it like five times it looks I like can't sonic stop world, pooping. It? huh yeah and it looks like yeah. it does it looks like sonic yeah um i hope they ditch the this is just a Sonic Two review podcast now. I don't mind. I hope they ditch James Marsden and all the human uh, stuff oh, really? <laughs> because I the whole the B plot of this movie is like a wedding in Hawaii, and it's like, I can we please watch Sonic Snowboard instead? Oh, like, I love the wedding sequence. <laughs> yeah, it was, quite... was just me. I was like, yeah, get him, sister. Like, <laughs> it is like a whole twenty minutes without Sonic, though. Like, it could have been yeah. cut up a little bit, but I, I like the humans. They're related. All right, Mark Kermode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move on. We're dusting off the cobwebs. Yeah, uh, let's get Sonic out of here. <laughs> All right, no more fun. Let's talk about... No, this is good news. Uh, Keywords, which is a support studio, uh, most notably for Bioware, uh, is voting to unionize. They are based in yeah. Alberta. Um, and it, it's not surprising... That are all of our maiden uh, game studio union efforts are places you've never heard of. Um, this is a good thing. This is how we build momentum, right? Sure. Um, because awesome. these are these are places that people aren't clamoring to work. 
So we can imagine that the employees have a lot more power. Like, hey, if we all decide to leave tomorrow, this studio shuts down. That's not really the case with Naughty Dog. <laughs> if a whole bunch of developers walk out tomorrow, they just no open the front door and a whole bunch more developers pour <laughs> right in, right? Yeah, for sure. And hopefully with these um with these kinds of studios unionizing, developers will start clamoring to work there because right. hey, we can actually be part of one of what, like what, two, three video game unions in North America now? Like it's the number Is that it? I think the first one ever happened like in North America in a way, happened this year or maybe very late last year but it's yeah and i can't even remember the name of it it's just an indie studio yeah it was an indie studio that voluntarily recognized the union um, right which is obviously really sweet and lovely but and as great as it is for indies to be doing it it's you know it's it's not the same thing yeah it's it's yeah it feels like a bigger win when you've got the whole sort of corporate management structure behind it and Mm. right something engaged with triple a yeah um and I think it's not an accident that we're seeing it happen with um, QA first either. Like QA seems to be right. the biggest, the, the big pushers of this because, you know, historically QA are treated like absolute shit, but they're also right. so vitally important to the game development process that, again, you can't afford to not have a QA department. Worst paid, longest hours. Yep. QA is so disrespected that I've heard stories of like during, uh, during like crunch month when they bring all like the pizza everybody gets pizza because nobody's allowed to leave the office qa is not allowed to have the pizza (laughs) how absurd is that why or like they gotta wait for all the developers to eat first and then they can have whatever pizza's left we won't give you a raise or or fair like representation of benefits but pizza party (laughs) (laughs) and we won't even give you the pizza party you get the crust party at the end you get the crust party for qa yeah uh so this is good uh small starts you know um gotta feel things out and see how they go like unions aren't automatically successful just because they get voted into existence um but we're we're seeing the industry start to build a model for this and it it bodes well Mm. happy to see this happening um okay back to the goofs let's talk about this ubisoft project q thing oh god here comes another one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there was a leak or a rumor or I don't know, some report that suggested that Ubisoft was working on a competitor for Fortnite, right? That was mm. the, the story? Well, the, it broke out the... I think it was Tom Henderson who wrote about it's it. It's always he Tom knows, Henderson. Yeah, he knows everything <laughs> about Ubisoft, I swear. Um, and he said that it was... He called it a battle royale, but then he kind of claimed that it was two modes one is a battle royale and the other is like a i think he, like hard point which i think is like a cod thing like a, uh overwatch isn't it yeah maybe yeah, like, like a what yeah, do you mean? like shooter. a like like a control the base thing? sort of thing maybe okay. that's the thing. All right. All right. um and then i think it was the next day gameplay footage of it leaked and it just looks like fortnite like it, it it's like shocking how much it does look like fortnite the the gameplay or the aesthetic the, like just the way the character moves, like the sort of things you can do there. Obviously, there's no building, um, but that would be the first thing people think when they see it. Um, uh-huh. Graphics-wise, it kind of looks like Knockout City, um, which is okay. in my book. I love that game. Uh, and then Ubisoft the next day, they just tweeted out. They're like, "Yeah, this is a thing. Sign up." If right. You want to play more. And then they were very quick to say, 
this isn't a battle royale. Like, I don't know why you'd think that. We have a battle royale mode, but it's not a battle royale. Like, please don't compare us to Fortnite. And then said, uh, we're not planning on using NFTs. So that this is the funny thing about the story to me, because it's called Project Q. Of right. course, the much maligned Quartz. Uh, Quartz. Uh, Ubisoft Quartz, which is their minting. coincidence. <laughs> yeah. So people put two, to two, to two and two together. And we're like, obviously, this is some kind of stupid blockchain thing. Uh, and then Ubisoft tweeted or put out a statement. I'm not good at details. You guys can tell. <laughs> uh, saying like, no, there's no plans at this time. But back off, okay? To- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, man, you know, if you if the if your first move is always like be like, oh, don't worry, this thing. That, that's like becoming core to our business isn't going to be part of this game like that should probably tell you something right yeah <laughs> maybe don't make it an integral pillar of your business strategy going forward yeah because they tried yeah. at a break point and it crashed and burned so wonderfully mm-hmm. like the yeah. idea of nfts is now hurting games that are, are unrelated to the nfts it's like i'm, I'm gonna say allegedly unrelated to nfts right yeah. i'm sorry there's no way a game called Project Q, where in the tweet they announce it, they talk about being able to own a part of the game, which is like peak NFT talk. Maybe right. it's pay to isn't earn. an NFT thing. Right. What's funny though is that there's sort of like because there's a playtest going on. I don't know if it's going on now, but it was. This is how it leaked. Uh, people are actually kind of having some fun with it. Like they said, it's actually like alright. So it'd be a shame if I think it's <laughs> Ubisoft Montpellier who are doing it. Be a shame if they were just making like a fun game and then mm. all this NFT bollocks comes in and just ruins it from. Right, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think we need another Fortnite-esque battle royale. I think we've got enough of those. And like, even Ubisoft is working on another battle royale called Pathfinder, apparently. It's, so, and they've got X Defy in, and Hyperscape's yeah. already dead. Hyperscape's yeah. fine, yeah, yeah. George, that's the thing. Like when you mentioned, like we already have Fortnite, like. Mm. In before live service was a thing, it was okay to have great games and okay games and bad games, and still <laughs> we could we had room to like play them all. It's not like Half Life Two came out and then everybody stopped making shooters because we had Half Life Two. What do we need this for? Right. But in the live service era, it kind of is like that. Like if it's not, if it doesn't offer something fundamentally different and better than all the shit we already have then it doesn't need to, need to exist and that's what we've already seen with like with hyperscape and with mm. like a uh, rogue Ro- rogue company none of you even remember rogue company uh, no, right? I, I actually played rogue company uh, for a fair bit i quite enjoyed it me and my mates just stopped playing it i don't think any of them went on to anything else but yeah yeah it, like if fortnite's not gonna die and apex isn't gonna die and I don't Destiny's not going to die. Like at a certain point, we're going to be at capacity for live service games, right? I don't know. I, I almost feel I, like we already are because with even with Ubisoft, they have a number of successful ones, but they just keep adding to their own catalog. Like they're becoming their own competitor. <laughs> Rainbow Six Extraction, that's live service, right? Oh god, yeah, I forgot that game came out. They've got that Division One Heartlands that's coming out as well. I mean, for me, even games like um like forza horizon 5 when that came out my housemate said i was playing it like a job because yeah. i wanted to do the weekly um 
like yeah like the weekly seasons and everything and get all the rewards and do all that stuff and it was just became the kind of game i had to play every single day for like at least a couple of hours to actually keep on top of it mm, and yeah by the end of the first month of doing that i was just like, you know, like i haven't played it since because i was just burnt out on it like you I'm played it for this. ages you yeah. i remember you said every day that you were you were on it it's just too yeah. much can't, yeah can't do it. genuinely so i don't yeah you can't it's impossible to balance even like two live service games if you're doing that you're not doing the daily challenges on both you're just not so i, I struggle with two behind on one yeah because it's I like i one. always have destiny and then like some seasons i'll i'll finish the apex battle pass or like i was trying to finish the halo battle pass but that yeah. that wore thin that wore thin real fast yeah, uh and then like unite like i'll i'll try to play a full season of pokemon unite but it's it's too much man and so i you know Maybe George, maybe Project Q is fun. I just like how do we fit these games in? Unless they're Fortnite good, and you mm. know, unless they're Apex good. I don't you know. don't. I think it's a trick. Like yeah. I'd, I'd, I'll check it out once and then that'll be done for me. And I quite yeah. like those sort of games, but it's just not necessary. When am I gonna have time to grind the Blood Hunt Battle Pass? <laughs> uh, okay. This Apple thing is very frustrating. Yes. Uh, so App Store developers started getting notifications last week or earlier this week. Again, not good at details. Uh, <laughs> telling them that because their games have not been updated in over two years, they're going to get removed from the App Store. Uh, mm. And that's absurd, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, delete them from phones, but it does like... You can't. New people can't download them. Yeah, they so they'll just no longer make revenue on these games that they made unless they're the sort of live servicey mobile game that's constantly getting updated. Mm. Uh, and in my experience, the best mobile games are not updated. Like they're they're gonna take off uh, under this. Uh, if this is the new rule, then like Monument Valley is just gonna like fall off. Mm. Like what? Like shit. You know what I mean? Like Florence, just like can't that game was not gonna be for sale anymore. Like it should probably be okay for games to just like come out and not get any more updates, right? Like I don't. That doesn't seem like a crazy thing to me. Yeah, because you eventually reach that point anyway, where like a game has its period where it, but it doesn't fall off, but like development continues and. The team moves on to a new project, but and two years is not a long time in game development, I don't think. So there's going to be some relatively recent games now that are just going to be wiped off mobile devices forever, and there's not much devs can do unless they're willing to throw out a new update or a hot fix just to stay within the the zone where they're not going to be wiped off, which is mm. really rubbish and awful, awful for for preservation as well. Yeah. You're just yeah. gonna have like devs jumping in, changing the font, just so they can like <laughs> yeah, have an update, like you know? Because like, I was just push a megabyte update, but I think they have to some in some cases you have to pay to push an update as well, so that sucks. Fuck yeah, it. it's. I think what you said about preservation hits the nail on the head. It's just another. It's just another piece of proof that we cannot trust video like companies to actually give a shit about the legacy of these games. Hmm. Well, I don't understand the logic behind it either. I don't, I, I don't think it's like a matter of resource management for Apple. Like it, it seems to be a, a business direction, 
right? Like they want fresh titles that are getting updates on the platform. It's not like they're getting rid of them because they're taking up too much space, mm. is my point. Mm. I'd imagine it's maybe also to do with um, ensuring that games are going to run well on newer Apple On devices. new devices, yeah. Because you don't, because eventually you're going to reach an iOS where just the game just won't run. And then they'll probably have to deal with loads of refunds on like when they say, oh, you know, I bought this game, but it just, it just hard crashes every time I open it because of something Apple's changed in the operating system, which, you know, obviously that kind of thing would be bad. But I kind of think, you know, at that point, then it's just a bit more work for Apple then when they then email developers and say, hey, this is no longer working on current iOS upgrade it or it's getting removed that i think would be fair yeah and we already have that problem in the other direction where older devices can't run newer games on the yeah, app store that's, that's been a problem forever yeah. and they don't tell those developers that they have to like offer like a scaled down version or something True. you know like they're totally fine with some games not working on some devices if it's an older device because yeah, they want to sell newer devices yeah um yeah, uh, Apple seemed like it was going to be a good platform for games when Arcade first launched, and then that's kind of just been languishing in obscurity for more than a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just like hasn't gotten new content. The things that have come on aren't good. But it launched with like so much great stuff. It it, it really seemed like uh, you know turning a new page on mobile. Uh, sucks. Fuck you, Apple. <laughs> evergreen evergreen statement there. <laughs> uh, okay next is the marvel's avengers news yeah I, I recognize that we talk about avengers proportionally way more than anybody plays avengers <laughs> but i think it's an important case study like i it's fun to study avengers i i'm when when we talk about it i'm not addressing the marvel's avengers fans right like I, I think it's an interesting topic to talk about because it's like, it's just an uh, an industry watch kind of thing. Mm. Like like it feels like Avengers is going to be emblematic in some ways. It's a fascinating case study, I think. That yes, game so especially now it's died. So here's the deal. So they announced a new character, the first character since Black Panther. Well, Spider Man was on was a PlayStation exclusive that came out in the fall. But before that was Black Panther last August. July. Really? Was it that August. August. Yeah, that was the last character. Wow. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Jane Foster is coming to coincide with uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Brilliant move. Should have been doing that from the very Two beginning. Years ago. Like you know. Yep. Whatever. <laughs> yep. Uh, when they added Hawkeye and Kate, it was like four months before the show came out mm. like that was not good timing like all, all of their shit should have lined up with the mcu from the very beginning mm. Mm. Uh, this is the first time that it's happening and it's also apparent seemingly the last character that's ever getting added to this damn game because despite promising a 2022 roadmap at the beginning of the year uh they've now uh crystal dynamics has now revealed that there is no roadmap Roadmap canceled, which can only mean one thing: no wait, 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 game canceled. They're riding it out until they make <laughs> yeah. it free to play and kill it. Yeah, yeah. 
so we know that the studio has moved on to Perfect Dark, which is a whole other story, kind of a Making disaster scenario. Well, yeah, something cra- something crazy going on with that. But also the next Tomb Raider, right? That was announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is Crystal Dynamics big enough to make Perfect Dark Tomb Raider and continue Avengers? I don't think so. Nobody that, seems to yeah. think so. Isn't Avengers it kind of depressing? Made a loss too. I think it's a case of salvaging what they can uh-huh. to avoid class action lawsuits and then bowing out. <laughs> Isn't like the Mighty Four also a clone character? Like in the same way that Hawkeye and Kate Bishop are clone characters of each other? We haven't we haven't seen. That's got to uh, be the case, though, right? Shane, yeah, like, but yes, yeah, it seems likely that that's the case. I remember leaks ages ago, um, back when I was excited for this game, they used to leak, like, She-Hulk and the Mighty Four as clone characters of those two, and then Winter Soldier as a clone character for Captain America. But then they also yeah. said, like, Doctor Strange and Wanda and... Those were all hinted at in the Wakanda expansion, yeah. Ouch. That's yeah. depressing. That's, That's what I mean. Yeah, just sucks. I actually quite liked Avengers it, as well. It kind of yeah. feels, to most. me, it feels like another anthem. Where it's like, you yeah. take this studio that makes good games, and then you're like, okay, but what if you did a live service game? Because that's where the money is, and it just bombs. <laughs> I'd say it's even worse, though, because like, Marvel is a proven thing. Like The MCU is the hottest thing in the world right now, and they still great. fucked it up. Yeah. Like, no, that's that's even great. worse. Anthem's at least unproved. Yeah, failing on a new IP is like, oh, that's the risk you take. Failing on Marvel, <laughs> you're done yeah. fucked up. I think what bothers me the most is that when when the game was revealed at E3 2019 now, uh, wow. Well, I mean, oh, it was God, always, yeah. It was I was there, man. <laughs> when the game was revealed, they got on the stage at the Square Enix show, they explained what it was, and everyone went, this sounds like a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah even right? there like why did you close your fucking at, show with this at the announcement everybody was like why are you doing life service why that why is it not the mcu why do they look like knockoff robert downey jr like all of it like er- everything about it people are like i don't know about this one and they were right and they were totally oh, yeah, right because they, they didn't get like the actors likenesses did they it was like new. no no they yeah, changed totally. a lot of the appearances yeah. for especially following the reveal because they looked like shit they yeah. took yeah. that feedback on board. They didn't show really any gameplay beyond the opening. Right. And they really struggled to describe how the game would play in terms of like both having a campaign and multiplayer. Even mm. in the presentation I went to at E3, they were fumbling around themselves to explain what this game was. Mm. And that message hasn't gotten any clearer, like even two years later. What's yeah. even worse is like like, fuck Avengers. Avengers is done. I'm, I'm done caring about that. But Guardians of the Galaxy, which is fantastic mm-hmm. and deserves it's all the attention and love in the world. Exactly. And that will never. I don't think that could be fixed. Is that, it's, not, it's on Game Pass, isn't it? It's coming yeah, to apparently it's getting it? quite a few players now, yeah, which is so good. That'll, that'll definitely help it. I hope. It's, I think it's, it's probably one of those cases of, yeah, had Avengers not happened, Guardians of the Galaxy would have had way more attention been in the spotlight more would never have would have had more of a chance. i think so yeah yeah i think so but also i think that if they have one brain cell over there at square they'll green light a sequel to guardians and the second guardians will be massive everybody will know what to expect yeah yeah Yeah. it it will be a huge hit i'll cry again too (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
so we'll probably have one more chat about Avengers when they do officially can it, you know? When they take it behind the shed and blow its brains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we do the postmortem. I mean, I, I'm excited on, to play yellow. Jane Foster. Mice and man on that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I never uninstalled the game. Like, I will, I will log on and play Jane. All the characters are free, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'll play it for one night and that's it. And that's how I've always... That's what I've done with all of the uh, Avengers updates, as infrequent as they've been. Uh, okay, George, in two minutes. Yes. This Kingdom Hearts V-Cast thing. Oh, yes. Cool. Okay, this this is not Coded. Coded is a different game, right? <laughs> Sadly, yes. What is this? So, back in, I think it was 2005, uh, Verizon, which I don't know if they exist anymore. They're like a yeah. mobile... Do they still exist? Verizon's are one of our big three. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't, I don't know if they exist over here. I've, I've never heard they of it. They um, They had like an exclusive Kingdom Hearts game like made for their new service that they'd launched. So it was on like specifically on their phones and you could only download it on Verizon phones in 2005. Um, and I'm not sure how big it was at the time, but like since then it's kind of become like a legendary thing because it looks so awful and it became impossible to find like no one had access to it no one had a phone that like played it so no one uploaded it to the internet um and then randomly i think it was last weekend like someone just uploaded the ending onto youtube and it's just them playing it like they just they just have a phone they just go oh yeah here's this like incredibly rare piece of lost media i'm just gonna finish it and they just recorded like the whole last hour um and it's it's totally meaningless it looks like embarrassingly bad it's one of the worst things i've seen but to have this thing that like the Kingdom Hearts community has kind of looked out for, mostly yeah. to take the piss, and yeah. now it's just out there, and we know what it is. That that's just really cool. Like that's a nice little win. It's so funny in the clip. You can like the phone makes a sound with each button <laughs> press, and you can hear it like over the game audio. <laughs> it literally just... makes me feel sick. I'm watching it. I'm like yeah. cringing oh, every time it misses a heartless. Yeah, it's just it is, so uh, cheap and shitty, and and it it has no story, right? Or well, this this is what's weird because obviously me being me, I was like, oh my god, maybe this is the the key to Kingdom Hearts four. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna drop it in this fucking Verizon. Yeah, no they've idea. they've done weirder, but it it ends with Sora like for some reason he's like poisoned or something, and he's got till midnight to cure it, like. It's kind of hard to piece it together about the rest of the game, but that's what uh -huh. it sounds like. Um, and then in the ending, he just makes a potion and wakes up, and he's like, "I had the weirdest dream," right. and that's it. Like the whole, yeah. it's the whole like this was all a dream plot. So it's just, I mean, Kingdom Hearts has done that as well, but it, it yeah, sure. Dream drop it. distance is all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking wish dream drop distance was all a dream. <laughs> oh, Nightmare, shit. more like okay, <laughs> wonderful. Thank you for uh, explaining that to me. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, I was at PAX Woo. last weekend. Yes, I played many video games. And I want to talk about some of them because there's some excited stuff to look forward to this year that I think mm, we don't know about. Most people don't know about. It kind of seems like 2022 is going to be a light year. Um, but there are some cool things. So we'll talk about that. And then after that, uh, we're going to fight. <laughs> we're gonna get in a big fight, and we're gonna try to rank all the Kingdom Hearts games. Yeah. I'm not because I've never played a single one, but y'all. <laughs> Is he won't be here for that one? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> right. 
We'll take a quick break and be right back. Uh, Pexies 2022 was in Boston, Massachusetts this past weekend. A very chilly April weekend in Boston. Uh, I was there uh, representing the gamer by myself as uh, the lone American (laughs) on the editorial team. Uh, But I played a lot of games. um, And it was just, first of all, it's just really great to be back at the cons uh obviously it was really different uh the last pax east was 2020 and it was on the cusp of the pandemic um so much so that like all the big publishers had pulled out sony was going to show up and then didn't uh and they never did again and they maybe never will again um yeah so it so the last pax east had a weird vibe uh, this PAX East, vaccines were mandated. Everybody had to wear a mask, and the big publishers were still not there. Um, there was no Sony. There was no Nintendo. Um, honestly, nobody was there that that you have probably heard of, unless you're like pretty in tune with the indie scene. Um, Gearbox was there, but they were just showing the shit that's already out it was just like tiny tina's wonderland and like uh have a nice death and um tri- tribes of midgard Ooh. um but which is like cool cool stuff but um you know in, in packs of the past i've played like the first time they showed final fantasy 7 remake was at packs like playable you know Ooh. like um like we were just talking about Avengers. Like the first time Marvel's Avengers was playable was that was that pack. So this is not like that. But uh it's so focused on indies and solo developers, first time developers, small studios, small publishers. It has such a cool atmosphere where everybody there is just like discovering things for the first time. People are trying to uh, attract attention to their projects that you've never heard of. And so, you know, there there isn't the excitement of like, oh, like Starfield's here and we're going to see some new stuff or, you know, it didn't have that. Um, but I did get to see some really cool stuff. Uh, Eric, you know what I'm here for. Tell me about Shredder's <laughs> Revenge, please. So you want to talk about Turtles? Yeah. No, I do. Uh, Turtles is great. So Shredder's Revenge is from I messed this up when I did the preview, but I I have a I know now. This is the publisher of Streets of Rage Four, mm. and the developer tribute games. has the developer has worked on things like this, um, but you you're not going to recognize them necessarily because they were they like worked on Scott Pilgrim. And they worked on a TMNT game before, but it was like a Game Boy Advance game. Mm. They don't have like big credits besides that. Um, but it doesn't matter because Shredder's Revenge is they they nailed it. It feels exactly like Turtles in Time or like those old Ninja Turtles games. In fact, the control schemes are identical. 
like all down to all the weird shit. You know, in that game, how like when you want to do the slide, you like do a dodge and then you have to interrupt the dodge mm. immediately to press the attack button to do the slide like that kind of stuff's in it. Or like when you want to throw a guy, you have to be perfectly parallel uh, yeah. on the side of him and then hold front or back to either like whip him at the screen or like throw him behind you. Like even the like tricky weird shit from the, that game is in this. That's cool. Um, yeah. And it, but like it, it looks beautiful. Like the pixel art is a lot more refined. It's really funny. All the, like uh, the ninjas are always like hiding, waiting to ambush you, but they're hiding in like really stupid places. <laughs> They'll be like, when you're out on the street, they're, they're like hiding in trash bags, but you can see the full outline of their bodies. <laughs> it's just like a trash bag shaped like a ninja. <laughs> And then you go into an office and they're all sitting at desks typing and looking over their shoulders, like waiting for you to get close enough to fight them. That's sick. Do they have uh, the voices when you played it? Yep. They have the voices uh, in the game and they're using, they're using actors, like known actors for these characters as far as I know, right? Yeah, the 1980s turtles, which meh. Meh from me, personally. Matt, from you, that is the turtles. What are you talking yeah, about? Say, uh, what are you talking about? It's, it's a it's a generational thing for sure. Like for me, the turtles are either the 1990 movie, which is still before my time, but I used to watch that all the time, or the 2003 one. And I think 1980s is just a little too cringe for me. I and can't I never... even picture what 2003 Turtles is. Is that a Nickelodeon show? No, no, that was um the 2013 one, and then also the 2019 one. Well, so it's Nickelodeon from there, but 2003 was like, it was almost looked like anime. TMNT? No, it was just called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. TMNT is the 2007 CGI yeah, film, and I'm showing off way too much <laughs> TMNT knowledge, but oh, I love them. I love Turtles. Yeah. I have yeah. watched like a good well, portion 90... of the 1980s, but just yeah, for the seven Turtles is like, that's the turtle. That's what everybody, I think, pictures. Yeah. That's Turtle anyway. Mania. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I played for two levels. You fight like Bebop in the first one and Rock City in the second one. How long are the levels? Uh, it's great. Uh, I don't know, five minutes. Hmm. They they said there's at least ten. They wouldn't tell me how many total there were. An hour said, gameplay? No. They said they said the game is a is a couple hours. Um, but that there was a lot of collectibles. Well, to yeah. find. Like character I mean, trophy kind of things. Oh, I'm into that. Yes. Shotguns cool. yeah. are great, man. Like, what's yeah. it? Um, what's the Hotline Miami? <laughs> I was just doing finger games. Trying to remember <laughs> <his> game. <laughs> what games Hot- have guns in them? Hotline Miami. That's like that's really short. But if you wanna if you wanna perfect it, obviously it's got a lot of replay value. So yeah. nothing wrong with a, a nice short, sweet game. I mean, again, I know we've said this on the podcast before, but especially as journalists, it's uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, true. Preferable. <laughs> I complain now, but when it comes to it, I'll be like, thank God. Yeah, I suppose those turtle games were originally designed to be played in arcades and like eat your pennies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you play them in a home setting, they always appear very short. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, WrestleQuest? Eric, that's another one I'm keen to hear about. Yeah, uh, so WrestleQuest was just announced, uh, I think only a few weeks before PAX. Uh, and this is a Mega Cat Studios. They, they do lots of like throwback pixely schmups and old school kind of indies uh and it's published by skybound which i, I believe is robert kirkman's but they, do, oh, they yeah. publish a lot of games now uh 
and this is sick. It's a ode to like professional wrestling. They've licensed tons of like iconic wrestlers like Macho Man Randy Savage and Diamond Dallas Page and Andre the Giant. They got their actual like likenesses for the game. And it's a full ass like 70 hour uh, turn based RPG. Man. Game, it's no. like a it's like a full on like Chrono Trigger set in this like wrestling world. Uh, it has it has two storylines that are like competing storylines about these up and coming wrestlers and you play you alternate between these two storylines and one of them is this guy that's like stuck in kayfabe he thinks it's all real he's <laughs> stuck in kayfabe that's incredible he's a he he he's gonna be a, the hero and like uh people try to you know bring him down to earth and like talk to him about like the business side and the storylines and stuff. And to him, it's like, it's all completely real. It's real to me, Jamie. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> and then the other, the other main character is like really working the system. And, he, and he's like starting from the bottom and paying his dues. He's throwing matches for more popular <laughs> wrestlers. Oh, he's John Cena. And they're he's... both. Yeah. Wow. No, he's he's... A... What's the word? He looks what's like the... Johnny Cage. What's the wrestling term <laughs> for a heel? I'll come back to this. Um, so yeah, so you you like follow these two guys. You build parties. There's like 15 playable characters, which includes a lot of the like popular wrestlers and stuff. Jobber. Uh, That's it. Sorry. Yeah. Jobber. <laughs> the really cool thing about it is is how much it kind of reinvents the turn turn based gameplay to fit the wrestling themes. Mm. So like when you do a move on a guy, it'll bounce him off the ropes. And then you got to do like a quick time button press or else he can clothesline you as he bounces off the ropes and do damage back to you. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's like the simplest example. It like expands infinitely out from there of all the different ways, like wrestling and turn-based fit together. And when I sat down to, for the demo, like the first thing they said to me is like, you know, when we started making this game, it, we really quickly discovered how much turn-based RPGs and professional wrestling have in common. And I was like, <laughs> okay. They're giving me the line, right? And then I played it for an hour. It was the longest demo I played. I played for an hour, the entire tutorial. And I was like, holy shit. Japanese turn-based RPGs and professional wrestling have a lot in common. <laughs> you are kidding. This dude is serious. And they like they all love wrestling just as much as they all love RPGs. So even though it seems like a super gimmicky kind of thing, like kind of a gag game. It's not. It's like it's a real deal. Square I think people w are gonna go w nuts. JRPG one. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I think it's sick. You get to um you get to design, you get to like customize your entrance walk, like choose like the music and the That's lights cool. and the effects and That's stuff. Cool. Really and cool. as you progress through the game, you'll unlock like new things you can add to your entrance to make it more dynamic. No, that's hooked me in. Just that. Yeah. That's all that I need. Really cool. That's super <laughs> fun. Uh, but it just seems, it just seems like really sensitive and heartfelt. And like, um, another really cool thing is like you have this like big map, um, you know, like Chrono Trigger, and all the regions of the map represent a different either era or style of wrestling. Man. Oh. This so like, incredible. so like one one town is like the Luchador. And like all, all the characters and the storyline there is like all about Mexican wrestling. Oh, 
and then like one area is like hardcore wrestling with like barbed wire and lasers and shit and like mad like mad max dudes there it's like fucking thunderdome uh and then they have like a japanese one it's really yeah they like they've thought of everything they're like really going all the way with this idea that's Uh, sick i need to yeah i've never got into wrestling but like there's no, me neither. People it's just an anime. Really into it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, honestly, everything you're saying now, I'm like, yeah, that does just sound like anime and JRPG stuff. <laughs> like, it's it so fucking fun. anime. Yeah. It's so, good guys and bad guys. It's so funny. It's the There's like up. a, there's a framing, uh, like a framing narrative that like takes you between the two characters and, and like builds the story. And they're called the, the podcast chorus instead <laughs> of like the, like uh, in like ancient Greece, like you'd have the chorus that, Uh, it's like a very shakespearean epic kind of thing and all the all the great wrestlers they have like monuments and statues to them (laughs) like great uh, in the different towns like they're gods yeah did um Oh, speaking of all this, did anyone ever used to watch a uh, celebrity deathmatch that like yeah give me big flashbacks to that yeah, I always uh, thought when they you make a game of that, but it kind of sounds like this. They did. Oh, they did. They did. Oh, did. They did. Oh, 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 damn. No, no one when, I hadn't heard of it. <laughs> when you get like when you're because every fight is a wrestling match, obviously, like all the combat are wrestling matches. Mm. So when you get a guy's HP down to zero, you have to pen him. Mm. He doesn't just die. So mm. and, and the the pinning is like this like mini game where the thing's moving back and forth. You got to hit it at the right time, and if you fail the pin, they get back up and they get their health back. All of the hell. So, uh, no, just some. Oh my god! And you have you have an audience. So all of these matches are performances too. Hmm. So you need to like mix up your moves and like make it a good show because you're like performing, and it'll raise the like excitement meter or something like the the energy of the crowd, which will like mm-hmm. give you bonuses and make you stronger and stuff. But if you put on a boring show, then they all cheer for the opponent and he gets stronger and the fight gets harder. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, everything. Like everything they've they've done is just like they've made it all fit together so well. Mm. It's one of those things you're like, how did nobody make a game like this before? It totally mm. it just makes sense. It does feel like that kind of game. It's like, oh wow. This is genius. Like a yeah. wrestling RPG. Yeah, WrestleQuest. Um so that's coming out this year too. Um I should definitely talk about Evil West. Uh, because this was the most like triple A of the games I've played. Like it's a full sixty dollar like boxed copy release. Um, nothing to do with Weird West. Nothing to do with Weird <laughs> West besides like thematically. So this is a uh, Flying Wild Hog, uh, who did the uh Shadow Warrior Shadow Warrior trilogy, the new ones. Yep, and they're also doing Trick to Yomi. Trick to Yumi. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That comes out soon. Yeah, uh, and those are all budget titles in like smaller games, but this is a like a full blown, pretty much triple A. I think you would call it a double A, but they're going for a triple A AAA thing with this. Uh, uh, and and I thought it was super fun. Um, it looks like Dark Watch. We saw trailers for it at the last two Game Awards. It was revealed two Game Awards ago. And then this past game awards, we saw a new trailer for it, and it's like cowboys and vampires, right? Mm. Ooh, um, but it plays like God of War twenty eighteen, 
Oh, it's oh, like nice. it's like that very intimate over the shoulder third person action mixed melee and ranged so you've got like a rifle um and then you've got this like electric fist that you fight with uh and it really leans into like long combos like almost to the point of like devil may cry like air juggling dudes yeah um and oh, then for the range has hyped me for this <laughs> <laughs> the range stuff is really cool because like because the camera's very close it's like that sort of intimate god of war thing you don't have a lot of like uh perception of the space around you right mm. so with the range stuff it you're using it mostly as a counter and as a stun so so you have enemies that are coming at you that you're meleeing and doing combos on and then you have enemies at range that you need to like keep an eye on because you can't really get to them while you're fighting mm. and they'll have a little indicator on them when they're about to shoot at you and you then you'll like whip out your rifle shoot them first to stun them and then get back into your combos and stuff so you're really just like fight 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 turn at somebody shoot fight 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 it's like it's really fast paced it flows really well um, I had a lot of fun with it uh yeah so you you the demo that i played it i don't know if it's necessarily the very beginning of the game but it's like these two cowboys they're dragging a coffin through the desert there's a vampire in it and you go into this uh town that's been taken over by bandits you got to fight a bunch of bandits you guys take the vampire down into the crypt below the town and the vampire has to break the seal so that you guys can get in and fight all the demons that are in this like ancient crypt so it goes from like old west into like the gates of hell really quickly like the transition is like really sudden and uh yeah and it's it's a little bit campy but in a good way i think it's cool campy works campy yeah works really well yeah i think it's really cool it's like it's one of those things where it's like borrowing elements from everything but the way it puts them together feel feels really original mm. um sounds sick even though it's like it's totally Dark Watch, it's totally got a war. It's even got uh, some doom too because you'll stagger guys uh, either by shooting them or like doing combos and stuff. And if you do like a finisher on them while they're staggered, you get health back. Oh, is it modern doom then? Yeah, modern yeah, doom. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's your like push forward, always keep fighting, like never retreat because yeah, the only that. the way that you heal yourself and stay in the fight is by like doing these finisher moves mm -hmm. on guys. Mm. I think um, stuff games like that and just getting to play all these little demos and like you said where that thing sounded like a line with the wrestling but then you actually played it and were like oh shit no they were right that's mm -hmm. the kind of thing that I'm gonna miss the most from conventions and stuff because I never went to any as like a proper you know like actually in the industry games journalist but when I was at uni there's um there's uh, there's like a few in the area I am that happened that I went to sort of just like as a fan or for my student paper. And yeah, the amount of games you play there that you're like, I never would have looked at this trailer or heard of this or like cared about this at all. But now that I've actually played it, I know I'm going to buy it when it comes out. I think that's something I'll miss quite a lot. Well, why do you got to miss it? We're still doing conventions. Well, just like with stuff like E3 getting cancelled. Oh yeah. That kind of thing. Like if, if that has a sort of snowball effect of like, they things keep getting cancelled then, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll canceled. we'll see. I mean, um, it, it, as far as like 
COVID goes, like people got COVID at PAX. Mm. Like I, people that I was around and know got COVID at PAX. Thankfully, I've been testing every day and I'm negative. And it doesn't seem like it turned into like some kind of big super spreader event. But for sure, people that went to that convention got it. Mm. And I don't think they got it there. I think that they got it while traveling because it just so happened that they lifted the mask mandates last week no, uh, for, for, for airlines. And so, you know, I was on planes and nobody had a mask on literally like mm. maybe 10% of the people on the plane were wearing masks mm. in a, in a tiny airplane, nobody at the airport. Right. Uh, so people, yeah, like people from all over the world are coming for these conventions cause they're showing their games off from Poland and, all, all, all over Europe, but mostly Poland. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a huge game dev scene. Though. Yeah, and yeah, and so like, if we keep doing conventions, people are going to keep, people are going to get COVID at these things. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I was at the Gearbox show with uh, Randy P in his bright yellow pants, <laughs> and because they were really, they were the headliners. Like that was the biggest publisher there. <laughs> yeah. And he was well, like, I thought, meant, I thought meant the trousers. <laughs> the trousers were the headlines. Uh, but he, when he was on stage, he was like, it's so great to see you all back here after two years. You know, you guys being here is what's going to bring everybody else back. It's what's going to bring Sony back and bring the crowds back. And it's like, I don't know when that's going to happen or if that's going to happen. Yeah. I hope so. I really do. I hope PAX gets big again and takes over what E3 used to be if E3 has gone. Or, you know, Summer Games Fest grows into something that can ha- support live events yeah. like E3 used to. Because I, I, you know, I go to these things, so I see the value in them. I see how great it is uh, for players to be able to, like, come together, celebrate games, and get their hands on stuff that, you know, they're not going to put a demo out for for another year. Things that aren't going to release for a while. Like, playing Final Fantasy VII for the first time at PAX was a really cool thing for everybody there. Mm. Um, I think as a positive though, it's also good for, you know, the smaller studios that they don't have to compete with the huge studios at the moment. Um, yeah, absolutely. kind of competitors. Cause like, yeah, you are going to get a lot more, they'll get a lot more eyes on their, their games. Like just sure. even, even, not even just it is, but like just double A games. Like they'll, they'll get way more. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but also having the big, publishers there draws in more crowds so you yeah, just have more people true. at the convention yeah. overall um so so i don't know i don't know if if, if if we just do shows and like accept that like covid's gonna spread around at these things like because that's just how life is now or like I guess, if i guess the hope would be we get to a point where it's it's way less in circulation just with more vaccines and yeah does uh, that seem like it's happening <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i don't know <laughs> Um, so hopefully, because that's the only way these shows are going to get really big again. Mm. Um, but I think it seems like they're going to stay around this size for a while. It seems like we're going to keep doing packs and doing Comic-Con and maybe even doing a, a, a summer games fest thing. Um, I don't know, probably not this year, but hopefully soon. Um, and they'll just kind of be a little bit smaller than they used to be. Yeah. A little bit more low key than they used to be. Um, I, I played like 50 games. 
I'm obviously I'm not going to recap everything. There was a couple more things I wanted to mention that I thought were really cool. Um, do you guys know Dread X, the Dread X collection or Dread XP? Have you heard of that? Is it horrifying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Dread X collection is really fucking cool. So the fifth one is about to come out, but they've only been doing them for two years. Like they're pumping these things out. And the way it works is I'm pretty sure it's all solo devs or very, very small teams, but they get together 10 teams, 10 developers to make micro horror games. And then they put them all together in this collection, but the collection like is a game. Like, uh, for instance, I think the first one is you're trapped in a house in a haunted house and it's got TVs everywhere and the games are on the TVs. And every time you right. play one of the games, you get a key and it opens another room and you're, you have to do an escape room thing, but you also have to play all the games in the collection. That's kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, and they, like I said, they've done five of these in two years. They're just like, they're, they make the games in 10 days, uh, which is kind of like a game jam thing. They don't, mm. they don't like to call them game jams though, because, um, it's not about doing it fast. It's not about seeing how much you can do in a short amount of time. The time limit is to is for the sake of creativity. They they want the developers to like pick an idea, do something really weird or experimental and like go all in on that like one idea, like really focused short projects. Mm. Um so yeah, so all the games get made in like 10 days or like 2 weeks. And then they put out these bundles of 10 games and then the bundles are like five bucks or something on steam. They, they're like nothing. And the games are super interesting. So from there, some of those ideas have spun out into full games because they were really popular. Uh, one of them is called uh, a sucker for love, which is a Cthulhu dating sim. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've maybe seen bits of that on Twitter. I've definitely yeah, I've like, seen the trailer. Gaming sim. Uh, dating yeah. Sim sounds familiar. So that was like a micro game in one of these collections, and now it's a full game. That's sick. Uh, and so this publisher, uh, Dread XP, they were at PAX the, for the first time, because they're so new, and they were showing off um, some of their standalone projects, that, like stuff that's not part of the Dread X collection. Uh, and one of them that I really fell in love with is called the Mortuary Assistant, uh, which pretty much starts out like a job sim for a mortician. So you have to like learn how to embalm a body yeah. and it's pretty accurate. Oh. <laughs> Not completely accurate, but accurate enough to like really be unsettling and like not cool. I mean, I say not cool, like upsetting, <laughs> uh, but all, but then you find out these bodies are possessed by demons Oh, that's fine. <laughs> so it's kind of, uh, it's got a lot of phasmophobia in it because you're trying to figure out like which demon it is and like use different mystical devices and tools to like diagnose these bodies with what demons they are and exercise them. Mm. Um, and then it's it's got this system. It's got like a game director system that starts out with like, little spooks and then builds to like bigger spooks. So like it has this cool where it's random and it's uh, unique when you play it. So it's like highly replayable, but it's always escalating to like crazier and crazier things. Like at first you're embalming a body and cans are flying off the shelves at you. And it's like, huh, 
Hmm. And then eventually you're embalming a body and you look up and there's a demon standing there. Like that's cool. Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that, and it's one, it's a solo developer. This dude is making his game by himself. Uh, comes out this year. That one is, was really cool. That does um, sound cool. But all, all of the dread XP stuff I think is really cool. Um, and then the other one I'll just briefly mention, this is, uh, I'm excited about this one cause it's a VR game, but it's also going to be on like everything. It's on like switch and PC and PlayStation Xbox. It's called the last worker. Uh, and this is a very narrative focused, it's a first person game and, um, it is about, uh, it is a satire about the last human worker at like a Amazon fulfillment center. Uh, which has now been fully automated by possibly evil robots. And uh, you are like working together with like a human rights activist group to take down the Elon Musk of this (laughs) corporation. Uh, It's really funny. It's like very biting. Uh, The gameplay has like some like stealth as you're like sneaking around this big this infinitely big warehouse from these like fucked up robots uh but it also has some like puzzly things where you're like moving packages around and doing like pseudo warehouse organization kind of stuff um but yeah that like i um i got to talk to the the writer and the director uh who has like a film background and the the like key developers came from some like really big VR games like Exorcist Legion and uh, a chair in a room. So like a really good pedigree of like VR. And then the concept artist is um, uh, Mick McMahon who did, who like created Judge Dredd and like a bunch of other stuff like 2000 AD. Mm, So it's all like hand painted assets, like original created stuff based on this guy's art. Uh, yeah, the, the composer that they got was like really famous too. I can't remember who it was, but they just have this like dream team for this, like really interesting, well-written story. That's like a big capitalism critique. And it's just like right up my alley, you know, it's just like all shit that I think is cool. So that's called the last worker. Uh, and like I said, that's going to be on like quest two and, uh, PlayStation VR and but it's it's also on Steam and Switch and Xbox and everything. So I thought that was really cool. Check out the trailer for that. The Last Worker. The it's the art is really beautiful. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that's it because like I played a million things. I played a lot of good stuff, and I've got a, there's a lot of coverage on the site too about different things I played. There's a shitload of boomer shooters this year. Yeah. Oh man, you know. There, there's a lot of Souls likes, as you can imagine. Like, Souls likes are just huge now, and I played a bunch of them. But like Doom likes, you know, like Doom Eternal clones, so many of those this year. Uh. Um. <laughs> Honestly, if anything, I, I think I prefer those kinds of clones to Souls like clones because I don't really think. I think I, I mean I, I haven't played a lot of Souls like ones, but. I think a lot of the Souls-like clones kind of miss the mark and just make things super difficult. Whereas, like, blowing shit up in a cool way to, like, banging music, that's always going to be fun. As long as you get yeah. the shooting down, like, that's always going to be fun. 
Yeah. And also, I think boomer shooters try to differentiate themselves with their art styles. Yeah. Whereas uh, Souls likes usually just try to do the Souls thing. And sometimes it'll be fantasy themed and sometimes it'll be sci fi themed or samurai themed. Mm. But they're, I don't, I, I've never seen, I can't think of a, a Souls like that has a really cool art style besides like Bloodborne, like actual you know, Soulsborne games. Mm. Um, but all, all of these Doom clones are like doing really weird and unique things, at least visually. Um, the most popular one is Turbo Overkill. That is out in early access. It came out during that sounds familiar, yeah. Is that the yeah. one that's like where you're basically running along the whole time? Yeah, you have a chainsaw leg. <laughs> yes, yeah, I have seen that. That does look yeah. really good. So this is like a cyberpunk version of Doom where you're a cyborg guy and you upgrade your body with new weapons. Um it's really fast. It's really fun. That one's cool. Scathe is like a is like Doom if Doom was like a bullet hell like Returnal. Um that one is very hard. That doesn't very, sound good. Very cool looking. Uh, Gun Jam is a kind of like bullets per minute. It's a rhythm. I think I've seen that shooter. one. Is that the one where you like, you have like a dash, but every time you dash, you click. Yes. Ah, yeah, uh, I have seen that. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, I have a, I have a time. <laughs> it's a rhythm shooter. That one looks really cool. And then Exophobia. Exophobia looks like a like a Game Boy game. It's like it's 3D, but all, everything is 2D. All of the like. Mm. It's like really low res, uh, pixel art, but it plays like Doom. <laughs> <laughs> um, that one looks really cool. I'm not explaining it well, but look at the trailer for Exophobia. Uh, it looks like a first person shooter you'd play on like a Game Boy Color. Um, okay, PAX is great. I wrote a lot more about PAX on the website. Too. So I'll link that stuff in the description. Um, and then we'll take a break and we'll come back. George is excited. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. We're going to argue about Kingdom Hearts. So Kingdom Hearts 4 was announced while the podcast was on hiatus. Typically. Uh, and so we didn't get to fangirl over it so i thought it would be a good idea slash terrible idea for us to try to rank all the kingdom hearts games on the show george is, we has the biggest smile on his face <laughs> right now. this is my shit okay i cut some ground rules first of I'm all afraid because this could get really stupid so first of all there's some things i don't think we should distinguish i don't want to do like the final mixes as separate games like just <laughs> right and is that okay yeah no. yeah just yeah, count yeah. them as final mix as they are okay and then by the same token like x and union x are not different games either no oh like, my god I hate kingdom hearts games. online we're not doing that as like a separate but like thing. dark road and union cross are different yeah there, right? those yeah, are different games yeah because i have and to then... share and then obviously Missing Link and 4 were not ranking because they don't exist yet. By the way, is Missing Link going to be a location thing like Go? or what No, is you, you can move yourself around the map. Well, there's two modes. One is walking around wherever you are and the other is you can just do it 
wherever you are if you want to like just control yourself. So why would you like? I think <laughs> I think they mentioned specifically like know. if you're in response to like COVID and stuff like that, uh-huh. like Pokemon Go, where you could move yourself around a bit. I think it's kind of like that. I mean, I won't be moving with it. Fuck that. I'll be, I'll be yeah, that's the there. thing. It's just like, like okay, Elden Ring. Like you could play Elden Ring normal, or you could walk down the street <laughs> while you play it. <laughs> like, tell that to the people using like dance pad controllers. People like making life tough. True. Okay, so without all the nonsense, that leaves us with, I believe, thirteen games. Fucking hell. Uh, to rank. Also, Remind and 3 are the same game. We're not doing those separate. Oh. Yeah, they're the same game. They're the same Fine. game. Imagine the best version of every game. So, instead of 2, it's 2 Final Mix. And Dream Drop Distance and... doesn't exist? No way! <laughs> I think yeah. a phone to pick. Uh, oh, one, one caveat, though. I think that we have to do Chain of Memories and Rechain of Memories as separate games, because yeah. they are. Yeah. They're totally yeah, they different are. games. I'd say they are. Yeah. Okay, so it's not just, the worst. Well, to up. start, I think that the 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 number one game and the number fifteen game are fairly obvious, right? Yeah, Kingdom yeah. Hearts two is number one. Like That's we something. all agree that Kingdom Hearts two is number one. Yes, and, and that like the X or Dark Road are tied for last place. Oh right? yeah, it, it, it is Dark Road, Road over them. You think so? So I, I, I haven't played that it. much of Dark Road because I hated Union X, Union Cross so much. Mm. But Didn't it's like it's Dark even Road worse. Get rid of the collectibles and stuff. Like it just kind of made the combat even more pointless, and there was no collection element at all. Is that how I remember it? I remember that you get cards, and you're like trying to put three blue ones together, or like three red ones, or like. Uh. A red, blue, green together. Did you play this at all, Jade? Not familiar no. with the mobile games. I didn't put myself through that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're gonna put Union Cross and Dark Road tied for last. Maybe Dark Road is actually last. Yeah. I feel like that's obvious. I'm sure well, people out there play those or like whatever, but they're just fucking slot machines. <laughs> yeah, they are. So, and they put fucking important narrative stuff in these. Yeah, mobile games. They're is a fucking cud. <laughs> Even if you different. like the combat, like you, you have to grind through just hours of like the same yeah. shit, and they We're only get updated game. every like four months with like one new chapter. They're just trash. <laughs> They're just not games, really. But like Union Cross, out of the two of them, because I, I won't, I didn't continue playing them after a while, but I did kind of keep up with the stories. Mm. Um, and Union mm. Cross, like is very 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 important sadly and dark road is kind of just a prologue sort of thing for xehanort and ericus like you you can miss it um it still has important stuff in it but out of the two of them if you had to put yourself through one it is union cross right yeah so okay it wins. <laughs> that ties into the end of three as well doesn't it and four now right. as well with Trilogy. yeah there, there's a part in three where all the screen names from people's fucking union cross yeah. accounts flash and that dude the... shows up from Union cross to say he's dead. and if you haven't played that game that entire moment is just nonsense it's and nonsense if you haven't played that game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh okay guess oh, we're doing man. this uh i'm already very irritated <laughs> <laughs> One, two games down. Let's. 
Uh, okay, but let's talk about Kingdom Hearts 2 then. The best Kingdom Hearts game of Unquestionably. all. Unquestionably. Unquestionably, yeah. right? Bloodfall. Uh, when I think about Kingdom Hearts 2, I think about drive forms. Yes. Uh, drive forms are exceptional. The way that you level them up, even though, like, let's be honest, we all cheese the shit out of it by the end just to, like, <laughs> grind levels. And uh, my method was to go to, like, the Steamboat Willie shit. Because or, or Pride Rock at the top Pri of the mountain. Pride Rock at the top of the mountain is great for leveling. Yeah. But for drive forms specifically, because you if you go into one of the rooms, one of the, like, the vignettes, mm. if you leave before your drive form ends, it refills. Mm. Oh, cheeky. So you can just keep going in the rooms, back and out, and just clearing the rooms in your drive form over and over. But drive forms were fucking awesome. Valor, Master wisdom so much fun that's i think the best combat kingdom hearts has ever had and also like what jumps to my mind uh is reflect reflect is kind of yeah. in other games by like some characters having a specific block but being sure. able to use it whenever you want and realizing it's so busted like that's what gets you through critical if you just reflect stuff as soon as you have like reflaga kicks ass it's amazing what yeah all all the magic is better, way way better in two than one. Mm. Um, there, there's some ways that it's worse than one, but it's it's not even worth like quibbling over. Like, just yeah. it's so obviously the better. Game. Oh yeah, the gummy missions are great. The worlds are great. Mm. The story is still the gummy cool missions. Shit, are great. But... Oh, I yeah, like the this missions. is where the story starts going. Like, like Panzer Dragoon. Fucky. What's your what's your favorite world in two? Ooh. I um, love Tron. I love Hollow Bastion. I always like Olympus Coliseum, and I think it's the best in two by far. Oh, Olympus Coliseum in three is really bad. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think that Beast Castle and like Zaldin's whole like plot to make him evil. I think that was all really cool. Yeah. yeah. I like that storyline. Oh, uh, Halloween Town and Christmas Town. They're yeah, like top Halloween Town and Christmas Town are also very good. There's a lot of backtracking or like going back and forth. Mm. Yeah, um, there's a lot of that in two because a lot of the worlds have two rounds, don't they? Like you revisit, revisit the yeah. story. Yeah, we've forgotten the best part of Kingdom Hearts too, though. It's just popped to my head then. Reaction commands. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, the world sure. never was. That's They're coming back for four as well, well. so. Hell yeah. Just make Kingdom Hearts 2 again. Yeah. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 2.5. Oh, wait, Peaked in a lot of ways. Okay, uh, so from there, should we start at the bottom or start at the top and work down? What do you think? Started from the bottom. Start from the bottom? Let's do it. Okay. Rule bottoms here. Uh, <laughs> my, my bottom is probably... Well, I, you know what? I didn't. I have not played coded, so I just assume that's that's I'd next. Worst. Yeah, that's the DS yeah, one, right? Fine. That's probably yeah. the weakest. What is that all? What I know, it's like Data Sora or something, and it so sort of has some story implications now. Right at the end, it kind of does. With well, annoyingly, like he, Data Riku is kind of important for it. Um, I can't even remember now if it's him or Riku replica. That is in the Big Hero Six world oh of Kingdom Hearts Three. 
but Holy either way, I, all right, I all think right. we can't, we're gonna get so lost <laughs> in, in plot. But when did when does Coded take place? It's after two. Okay, and so it ends so with. It ends with um, I think Data Sora discovers the the data that was hidden inside real Sora was about the missing Keyblade wielders, so like Terra, Aqua, and Ventus. And then he gets the letter that he opens in the Kingdom Hearts 2 ending. I think that's where it says what was said in that letter. But like, that's it. Jay, did you play Coded? That's a DS one. Yes. It's, mm, I'd say it's probably the weakest, even compared to the other portable games, to be honest. Yeah. I remember Sora gets sucked into a computer or something. It's basically the basis of that game. Yeah, it's like Data Sora. Yeah. That's an easy one. That's an easy one to pop on. Just to just to like balance out a little bit. This is up. just from the like HD remake like cutscene compilation thing. They do uh, have some really good scenes between Data Sora and Data Roxas. So like show Roxas being like kind of a dick, and it's just like a cool side to see. But like right. that's it. That's a, that's a highlight. Though. Do you do you think that there's a game worse than Coded? Uh, now Coded was originally released on mobile and then it was ported to the DS. Yeah, that explains a lot. Mm. I hate Chain of Memories, but it's only like specifically because oh, I don't no. like that style and that has a good story, so I'm not putting that anywhere near. So yeah, I think Coded sits there comfortably. Okay, so above Coded, then. I think the games that we're talking about are Rechain of Memories, 358, and I don't know, maybe Dream Drop? Maybe those three are kind of <sighs> the next ones? What do you think? Are we counting that 0.2 Birth by Sleep thing? Yeah. Uh, yes, the, the Aqua game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I... that counts. Didn't like that very much. Yeah, uh, I don't think I put it there though, but I'm keeping it in mind. It, it's that one's tough because it's like two hours long, and it's like, I mean, it has that big like steam train heartless fight thing that's really cool. Just it's just like a billion heartless flying around. Mm. That part's cool. You get a lot of like verticality. Aqua can like jump on top of rooftops and shit, and. I don't know. Uh, but, okay, so, all right, let's talk about the ones that are definitely bad. 358 is not a good game. No. It's got a good, good story. story. I would call it a it good It does game. have a cool story, though. And I think the whole Tetris block ability thing is pretty interesting. Mm. Mm. I did like I'm that. I'm playing other characters. That's kind of cool. It was just like, oh, yeah, and you can play, and it had multiplayer. All right, mm. this is definitely not at the bottom. I don't know. <laughs> we, there's too many Let's things to like about. Uh, uh, this is okay, so, so then, so I think re, re Chain of Memories then. Because here's the deal. Like I'm going to tip my hand. I love Chain of Memories. Mm. I think it's so... I know that it's easy to like the cheese. OG, like one, mean, the, yeah, the original one on, yeah. on Game Boy Advance. I know you can like just sort of build the perfect deck and then it's it's like you just mash the shoulder buttons to build to make your, <laughs> and that the whole game just becomes just pressing the shoulder buttons eventually yeah which yeah. is not not great but the pro like you don't start the game there like you have to build up your deck and you have to like learn how to put those decks together i love deck building shit 
the way that you like use the cards to make the rooms that to give you the it's so weird it's so different no game is like that i think chain of memories is a cool cool game i think re-chain of memories sucks uh just because it's once they put it in like those 3d arenas it feels like shit it it becomes tedious yeah like using that card-based combat with traditional kingdom hearts movement feels like right basically yeah yeah but but, all right we're gonna put rechain right above coded Mm. then and then after that i think 358 or 358 Mm -hmm. do you think i have a serious question is 358 better than dream drop no 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 not even close no i think i i don't like a lot of dream drop but i'd still put it as a good game just like one of the worst mainline mark game like I still enjoy right, it. It's all right, just... we won't we won't talk about Dream Drop yet. We won't we won't talk about Dream Drop. We'll so get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. So then, so then we need to put three five eight, the original Chain of Memories, or the Aqua Fragmentary Passage here. Fragmentary Passage, I think. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I think that. Yeah, that's a good spot. Was... In the days of Kingdom Hearts Free Hype, it was really, really cool, but like... It runs on a different engine, doesn't it? Like, yeah, this is yeah. before they switched everything. Yeah, because that, that's a good spot for it, because everything below is definitely a bad game. And but everything... Ab- passage is good, but it's only two hours long. And- yeah, yeah, it's fine. Every I think everything above, everything we're about to get to is not bad games. No. Yeah. But, the, but those, the fir- those bottom four, Rechain of Memories, Coded... Union Cross and Dark Road are actually just piece of shit video games. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we now we get it got to decide what's worse or what's better. Let's say what's better. Right. Uh Chain of Memories or 358. Chain of Memories. I yeah, I Chain agree. of Memories. I agree. Yeah. Okay. All right, so next is 358 over 2 and then above that is Chain of Memories. I I'm glad that we all have fond memories of 358, though, because I think a lot of people put, would put that lower on the list. I love it for the story and, like, Shion, yeah. Axel, and Roxas. Like, even I like Kingdom Hearts 3, that arc is the strongest in that game, I think. Mm. When they get back I together, totally it's like, agree. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, I've been waiting years for this to happen, and it feels like a really good payoff. Like, it's yeah. such a tragic story. And given they managed to tell that on the DS, yeah. Like, is pretty impressive like even if the gameplay isn't amazing yeah that's not the problem with this game is like it just the ds could not yes <laughs> do do 3d combat well if they yeah. did this on yeah. the psp because it came out not like not too long before birth by sleep yeah yeah and you need two sticks to be 3d that's all it is right yeah, yeah. basically remake it square actually no don't do that we, we can't be remaking <laughs> hearts games we've got too many uh, we need four stop remaking <laughs> Okay, so now we're going to argue about... Actually, no, I don't think we're going to argue yet because I think it's pretty obvious the next one is Dream Drop. Yes. 100%. Then it gets difficult. Then, then, then it gets we, hard. Then we start yeah. throwing hands. I mean. Dream Drop so, was where the story really went up its own bollocks. Yes. They had the drop meter, which just was annoying and like almost it's inconsequential. Concept, but like it would switch you between characters that you might be in the middle of an important story beat or a boss yeah. battle, yeah. and you'd be like, oh, time to switch. 
And like yeah. that's cool. It, they should have just done a Resident Evil Zero, but you could switch at any time. Yeah, that would have been so much more enjoyable because there's it no... would restart bosses as well. If you're in the middle yeah. of a boss, like fuck you, start again. There's no big and, like... consequence to the drop. Like it's cool, mm. and like some of the worlds and the ideas in that game are really cool, especially yeah. in the remaster because they just jazz everything up. But yeah, well, actually, that game has a lot of bullshit. there. There are cool worlds. There, are, yeah. like there are some garbage worlds. Like the Hunchback one is a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. it's so. But pretty. also, my motion was like. That was in Dream Drop, and that's the best it's ever been. Flow Motion like was fucked from everywhere else, but that yeah. one does it really well. Yes, yeah. combat's buggered though. Like the balloon, f- balloon, everything. You're done. the The Dream Eaters are terrible. I hate everything yeah. about them. Thanks I hate i I hate them conceptually as characters. I hate the mechanics of like feeding them and like raising them. Like yeah, Pokemon. that was fucking Pokemonomy bullshit yeah mm. the whole summon system is so bad i actually i i think chain of memories is better than dream job <laughs> i i i, I think, think the the story is garbage even though it's like it's like really is the prequel to kingdom hearts 3 like it's such fucking nonsense the whole game <laughs> um the really the only redeeming stuff about this game is like the the Fantasia world is really cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, you finally get to go to where like the big tower is from where like Roxas and Riku fight. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. From uh what what's that? Free the fight. world that never was. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's that that yeah. yeah. Don't you go there in Kingdom Hearts too? There, there's that cinematic from 100% in the first Kingdom Hearts, where you get to see. You do, you do go there into because you fight Roxas there. Well, you fight him in the dive to the heart, but you meet in the and then there's a tower in front of you. Oh, okay, okay. And like the one in Dream Drop isn't like completely wrecked. It's just buildings like everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like an cool. explorable zone. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it has some cool worlds like. It it does three musketeers. That's so bizarre. That was cool. Right? Oh, yeah. And and each world kind of had like a gimmick to it. Like the three musketeers one had like the wanted posters and stuff. The world ends with you. That was cool. It that had worlds cool. ends with you characters. Yeah. That was sick. Um, Actually, Dream Drop Distance is maybe better than I. It's the one I instantly think to go. Ugh, so it's like, but... oh wait a minute. No, no, because play. because it has cool shit, but at, shit, but actually playing it is pretty miserable. Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't do uh, a critical run of it. Fuck that. No, no it's not fun. I think Chain of Memories is more fun to play. It's shorter. Oh, and the whole Riku campaign is great. Yeah. Oh, do you mean Chain of Memories? Or? In Chain of Memories. Yeah. yeah. Not in Dream Drop. Also, like, not to not to get into the story side of things, we'll be here all day, but, like, Sora is just so stupid throughout the whole of it. Like, all yeah. he said, like, huh? What? Like, he's never like that anywhere else. But I remember they did interviews after for Kingdom Hearts 3, and people like specifically asking Nomura, is Sora going to be smarter this time around? He needs to be <laughs> stupid. Like, yeah, yeah, he, he'll, he'll be fine. <laughs> oh, what about Melody of Memory? Oh, shit! Oh, yeah. shit. No. Where do we put Melody of Memory? What a weird outlier. I like um, I put that above Dream Drop. But below... Yeah, the... you liked it more? Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't I finished like it. Of memory. Have you both finished it? I yeah, have, I loved it. yeah. I finished okay. it. I some cool story stuff. Yeah. Does it? Okay. Believe it's just fuck <laughs> over again though. It it just it doesn't really pull you through. 
like if you like rhythm games for sure, but there's like yeah. nothing to compel you to like, I, I would just like do a couple songs and then put it down. I, yeah. I, I was nonstop. Well, the problem is the only problem, the big problem I had with it is the one, it doesn't introduce story stuff until like five hours in, in the mm-hmm. last bit. And two, it really just doesn't bother with content from Kingdom Hearts three. I know that's like a thing of timings. It was only like a year after, but yeah. you've got like, five or six original songs and no well like maybe one one or two like disney songs from that game it's just like i would have rather they'd left it like another year and made it like the full package because they're never going to do dlc for it so it's just no missing stuff it's cool that it had so many different game modes and difficulty settings for every song like Mm -hmm. you could really get pretty deep into the challenge of it but it's just like it's such a niche thing rhythm games isn't it like still better than dream drop yeah okay i'm fine i'm fine with that we'll play play it It is really good i have it i've played i don't know a couple hours it's just like either you like rhythm games or you don't right like yeah i'm not gonna like get into it all of a sudden i'll I'll get through it just for like the story stuff i guess okay so we have we have four we have three games left right we have birth by sleep the first game and the third game i think that's Mm -hmm. all we've got uh, here's the deal <laughs> I like I like Chain of Memories better than 3 <laughs> right I'm out see ya well. uh, okay I like Birth by Sleep better than 3 for sure and I like 1 better than 3 for sure I can acknowledge I can acknowledge that three is a better game than chain of memories. I like, I know that I would rather play chain of memories cause I of like nostalgia and I, cause I like card games. I know three is better than chain of memories, but boy, that game is not fun for me oh. to play. That game actually makes me mad. I think <laughs> we like, we did our whole debate already, George. So we're going to rehash some stuff here, but like, <laughs> I think the size of the worlds and exploring them sucks. They're all linear. They're all just fucking corridors. A lot of them anyway. Yes, they're like giant windy hallways that are just completely empty. They've made they made the worlds way bigger and put nothing in them. Uh so it's not fun to run around. The combat is worse than two and worse than one. Oh wow. Uh <laughs> it's it's all just like mash one button and get through everything you can there is a really lot of mashing in that game you, you can, can just really just X. close your eyes and press press square and then occasionally summon uh, a roller coaster that just clears the screen i hate those attacks because they're so the attractions no i'm getting itchy i'm getting itchy with all this guy the let me finish <laughs> um the the disney worlds are all s- you know, completely compartmentalized like normal, but there's really no interweaving of story until you get to the Keyblade graveyard, and then it's just like a fucking two-hour gauntlet. This like Exposition, just baby boss rushes with like twenty-minute cutscenes between each fight that just wraps up That's every single character. It's That's just like finale, 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 finale. Uh, and then 
it just like ends like a piece of shit. And I think that uh, <laughs> I think Remind like added some really nice challenge back in with those boss fights, but like it kind of that the end of that game made me not really care about the future of Kingdom Hearts and the, the future of the story. I'm like I'm 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 pretty low on Kingdom Hearts now because of Kingdom Hearts three. George, you want to tell me I'm wrong about all that? Uh, the 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 really annoying thing I found this during the debate with you is that it's really hard to argue any of that because it's all true in some regard. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which makes it sound like yeah, I guess we should put that there. But for me, um, this is where I wanted to kind of make the distinction between Final Mix and Free Slash Remind because what Remind did is the update before it, it added so many new combos for Sora. And that sounds really inconsequential, but they spiced up combat so much. Like, it feels so close to two. Um, and if you combine that with, like, a critical run, like, you're basically just playing, like, a lesser version of two. Um, mm. And it's so much more, like, attraction flow. If you've only played, like, a normal run, then attraction flow is boring and ruins fights. It just makes it so easy. But if you've played it on critical, like, you're praying for something like that to come up. Um, mm. Like... I've I've never wanted to say more to people like try Kingdom Hearts Three on Critical, try it with this update, try it going into Remind, and suddenly combat becomes so much more like focused. It actually matters what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like you're counting down the clock for magic to come back for for cure stuff like that stuff you were doing in two because it was so much more fast paced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then stuff like the the finale of it, like that was perfect for me. I loved that. Like I can pick I did so many moments and that much. But the fights were too easy, so you very much. We almost wish the fights weren't there. I almost wish they just showed me a movie for two. Hours. <laughs> you just watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, I just sit down like, yeah, this is what I've been waiting for. But on critical again, like I hate to say, yeah, it, that might like, spice it up. Yeah, like it's so, it's so much better. I always play them on critical anyway. Besides, I'm gonna have to gamer. do it. Yeah, we've been talking it's about it so much. It. Yeah, like I, it's, it's, the, it's the only I'm, Kingdom Hearts I've only played once. Same. Oh. I haven't played Kingdom Hearts three yet, the second time yet. I, I've played it four times. I love it. Besides the ones I didn't finish, <laughs> I played two about ten million times. Yeah, I played two a lot. Like, game is I, Oh, I need to write. I need to write a defense for its intro. I might do that. I, I I I recognize there's a lot wrong with three, and maybe like there is definitely a bias here because it's like the one of the biggest games in my life. Like, it's the one that like brought me into gaming journalism. It's the one that like I looked forward to for every single year until it came out like it will always have a special place but even just looking at it critically i think it's combat is so much better than birth by sleep because birth by sleep has an amazing story it's probably the best story in kingdom hearts but the fucking combat is so floaty and like not even in the like kingdom hearts is kind of floaty but birth by sleep is like moon gravity it is ridiculous like it just puts me off playing it Um, and i think the world suck what all right, yeah. we are we are fighting. This Come segment. on, then. defend Birth by Sleep. We're not, we still haven't decided. Okay, there's so much yeah. cool shit in Birth by Sleep. First of all, the way that the three characters have completely different commands available to them—it's like three totally different play styles—really showcases how cool the combat in that game is. I loved getting the like—I forget the, what they're called in the game—but collecting those like companion cards. Yeah the D-Link cards and then leveling up the D-Link the way that you're uh, like you, you have those like paths for the way your Keyblade evolves 
and you like go from like one upgrade and you switch paths to the nether one. And like, it's such an active addition to combat that makes you think like, what kind of com, what kind of keyblade am I evolving towards? You have this like map in your mind of how like the, the, the tree, right? Like the keyblade tree of how they like evolve as you're fighting. And it makes every fight like build and build and build until you have like the most powerful version of the keyblade. Um, that stuff and the dealing stuff. And then, like you said, like the best story of any of the games, the way that you have all like these three stories that you can play in any order and they all interweave together. And like, it's all brand new shit. It was the first time that we had like not Sora, like different characters, a different era. It's just like, that's such an exciting game to play, I think. And way better than three, way, way better than three. Maybe, maybe, Maybe like a critical run of three actually showcases better combat, but I don't remember it that way. Like I, I don't remember Birth by Sleep necessarily being like floatier and like less responsive than three. But maybe it's, I maybe I had a higher expectations for three. I don't know. It's weird because Birth by Sleep is definitely the outlier to uh, Kingdom Hearts spinoffs because it is one that's like no, this matches up to like the power of the PSP meant it could match up to one and two. It feels but, like a main entry, Birth by Sleep. Mm, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, will, I will concede to, because I know I'm the outlier with Free. Like, I, we found out from the great debate that most people agree that Free isn't, like, as good. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is not how I expected that to go. But I I will say, personally, I know this isn't my list, but t- Free would go second for me. But I'm fine with it going below Birth by Sleep. You, I think, you think, though... Sorry, Jay, go, go ahead. It's close between free and birth by sleep, but I think I prefer birth by sleep. I think it is close. George, do you think the worlds in birth by sleep are worse than three? Yeah, definitely. Like they're, they are again, just corridors. And then I think of the choices and I'm just put to sleep. Like the only one I cared about was like the Toontowny Disney one. That like, one's good. I think the Stitch Peter Pan one good, is good. Stitch is good. Stitch, Stitch is, is good a great too. concept. But why the fuck did they put it in space? Put it on the island. No one wants to do space yeah. platforming in a floaty game. Oh, see, it annoys me. It annoys me. I'm getting wound up. <laughs> Kick like, it off. What you got? They're they're both not two. That's for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Our, so so Kingdom Hearts one is the, the second. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're just arguing for third place. I think Kingdom Hearts one is so such a special point in the series where it just wasn't bogged down by. All the stupidity. Bullshit. Like, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, like, perfect. I think it's so stupid. I love it. But yeah, sometimes I wish it could be a simpler thing. That game's like archaic one. in a lot of ways after Kingdom Hearts 1. But I think one has where the it worst matters, world, it's though. still great. Yeah, like, the platforming and the movement in Kingdom Hearts 1 is old. God. But that was long before they'd found their groove. Mm. Right. I, also, I still have a lot of appreciation for the, like, slower, tanky combat of Kingdom yeah. Hearts 1, too. Yeah, I like the combat a lot. But like, um, I think about platforming through deep jungle. I just, I just want to cry. Oh, that like, makes me the sick. amount of times I slip off that hippo. And <laughs> just think that deleting the game forever. There's Kingdom Hearts of... One is really the Dark Souls of the Kingdom Hearts. It series. is, yeah. <laughs> I remember getting lost in deep jungle because it's not exactly clear how where you go to progress the story in that game. It's yeah, like it's yeah. very one of those old RPGs where it's just like, I guess I'll just keep entering areas until I finally <laughs> figure out how to trigger the next cutscene. There's and I remember, like, you have the... What's that tiger called from Tarzan? What is it? A cheetah? What's that called? 
has a name, but like yeah. you'd run into one area and the cheetah could like randomly spawn to attack you and like be yeah. like a mini boss. But it would keep coming back. So if you kept running there, you'd just be so, like, yeah. oh my god, I get rid of this. Sabora, yeah, that is it. Sabora. Ah, there we go. Um Another thing I really liked. Leopard. Okay, thanks for that, Google. Another oh. thing I really liked in the original one that you didn't really get in ever again was uh, the ability progression that almost had like a Metroidvania quality to it, where you would get like the high yeah. jump and the glide, yeah. and it would give you access to new places. I felt like the upgrades yeah. really mattered in that sense. Like you yeah. revisit older worlds to find shit to get you all the Dalmatians. Like they give you the glide in free at one point, and they like improve your flow motion as you go, but it's nowhere near. Like nowhere near. I that. never use flow motion in free. Yeah, it sucks in free. Yeah, I don't even defend I, that. I they like fuck it. that up. Uh, the the Olympus Coliseum is the best in the first one. Oh yes. yeah, I agree. The the big surprises like the the Titan fight, even the Cerberus fight is so good. I remember fighting Sephiroth oh. there. Sephiroth, yeah, that was some shit. Oh yeah, yeah. the fights in that are fantastic. Yeah. All the all the secret bosses in one are great. Top I would love to see, like I don't I don't want remakes of Kingdom Hearts games because like I say we're too far gone. Like it, that's just wasted time. But if they had to do any remake, it'd be one. If they could get one, yeah. looking like free and they could improve all the janky stuff, but still keep like make the, the feel combat worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The um, the Shadow Sora fight in Neverland. Is amazing. Yes. The fight with Riku, yes, is fucking amazing. My friends are my power. <laughs> yeah, iconic. Um. Okay. So then, because because George is outvoted, we're putting <laughs> Birth by Sleep as number three. Is that right, Jade? Yeah. You think Birth by Sleep better than Kingdom Hearts three? Oh, it's tough. Yeah, I would. I would. Oh, yeah. I would too. <laughs> you you got to do a crystal uh, run. Then we can redo is it still on Game Pass? I will. I will do this. I will do this for you. Thank you. I, I, it is good. You just but, have to get through Olympus Coliseum because like, maybe it's just me, but I've done that world so many times. That world over, looks but... like a fucking Unreal Engine tech demo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it uh, on the cloud version on Switch. Just so you know. Because okay. I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's the ranking. Now, uh, let's vibe check and also make sure that we didn't leave anything. I don't think we did. Uh, it goes Kingdom Hearts 2, uh, and imagine it's Final Mix. Just assume <laughs> that we're talking about Final Mix of all these. Kingdom Hearts 2, Kingdom Hearts, Birth by Sleep, Kingdom Hearts 3, Melody of Memory, Dream Drop Distance, Chain of Memory, 358 over two days, a Fragmentary Passage, Rechain of Memories, Coded, Union Cross, and Dark Road. I think that's perfect. I think, yeah, well, I don't. Hearts Kingdom Hearts should be higher, but I think that's a. That's good. That's <laughs> and respectful. where does Kingdom Hearts Vcast go on that list? <laughs> uh, <laughs> top two. Top of the list. Uh, some compromises for sure. Three's lower than you'd like. <laughs> Chain of Memories is lower than I'd like. Melody of Memory is a top five Kingdom Hearts game somehow. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, but it's a list we can all be happy with. Um, but not. But that's that's how lists go. But but also not. <laughs> uh, nah. Yeah. Missing Link comes out someday, right? We don't know. Or this year, August. This year. Beta, I think. Full, the beta is this will be year, about, yeah. Out and about 
three years' and, time. And then we'll all be dead before Kingdom Hearts 4 comes out. Oh, I hope so. George is convinced Star Wars <laughs> is going to be in it. <laughs> um, okay, great. That was fun. That's our show for the week. We'll be back next week. Um, what are we? What do we got? What's everybody? Oh, we got we we got uh, Switch Sports. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, the Rogue Blood Lake Hunt C2. launch. We should probably talk about Blood Hunt. Yeah. What it, What did you say? Oh, Rogue, Rogue Legacy, Legacy Two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for that. When's that out? That is out tom- Friday or is it on PlayStation? No, it's Xbox PC. Oh, Xbox will do. Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So we got some fun stuff next week. Um, we will see you then.